What's good, Denver? October 31st, 2023. And just a little reminder, if you can get home before the sun goes down, please do drive carefully. There's all the little ghouls and ghosts going to get a, a frozen chocolate bar today. I know I, for one, have some uh, king-size Snickers I'll be giving out to the, 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 the I'm not going to say better costumes, just the ones that required more effort. Those mm. are the folks I appreciate. I love to see all the little Avengers. I'd love to see the little spider bites. A little bit of thought goes into a yeah. king-size Snickers. Though. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we, we, you, you can pull the trigger on a $45 call, costume on Amazon. You look great. But I want to see the kids that are going to add a little inspiration to their costume. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely get home and be ready for those trick-or-treaters. Um, What's Good Denver is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery. And fun stuff to do in Denver for kids, couples, singles, and old-timers. I'm Ryan Estes with Tom Bitcoin Maxi Donahue. <laughs> Olivia, I'm going to get to that party, Lorienti. And of course, the James Worthy of podcasting, Troy Higgins. Today's feature is holiday givebacks. And in the spirit of sharing a hot meal with someone who could use it, we'll talk about some various volunteer options in the metro area. Uh, to follow the show, please go to kitcaster.com forward slash Denver and subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and or Spotify. Today's sponsor is Samana Float Center. You can book a float at samanafloat.com. And it, we got this early freeze. You know, it, actually, to the children of Denver, we're not unaccustomed to seeing snow on Halloween. In fact, as a, a young trick-or-treater myself, it was always too, much to my chagrin that our first snow of the year would come on Halloween like six years in a row, you know? So then you, underneath your Avengers costume, you got your puffy, but you make it happen. I mean, you got to get out there with that bag. You got to get that chocolate if you're me or the nerds. I was always impressed by the, the households that had the nerds, you know, because they mm -hmm. came in that cool little box and you could you didn't have to mix the banana with the strawberry nerds. You could eat them separately or if you chose, you could eat them together. So crucial. But nonetheless, <laughs> it, it is chilly, you know. So what better time to go sit in a wonderful float tank at samanafloat.com. Um, we really appreciate them sponsoring the show. We're going to get all these folks to a float so we can get some firsthand testimony about the, the, the beauties and the mysterious nature of floating in sensory deprivation take. So shout out to them, samanafloat.com. They're over in Rhino off Larimer, kind of nestled in behind that, that, uh, that uh, billiards hall. So go check out them, samanafloat.com today. And always, our music is by Troy Higgins. So we're going to jump right into events. Olivia, you want to kick us off with some events this week? Yeah, sure thing. I, uh, first of all, resonate with the snowing on Halloween in Colorado thing every year, like clockwork. Every year. Every year. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first event I want to talk about today is called Cowboy Conversations. So a couple weeks ago, I brought up an event at the Denver Modern. Um, it was about kind of unpacking uh, what has been revised to be a white history of cowboys. And the reality is that cowboys are just historically not all white. And I found this really cool lecture that dives into the same topic. Um, this one is from the perspective of the graphic novelist R. Allen Brooks. And he recently wrote a graphic novel called Cowboy. And what he's going to dig into is the history of Deerfield, Colorado, which is now considered an extinct town. It's northeast of Denver. And historically, this was a black homesteading community. It was a black cowboy community. And so he's going to dig into that history of Colorado and um, also kind of the lost history of that town because it's considered extinct now. Cool. So that's the first one that's coming up on Thursday night. Were you going to say something? No, you know, the only thing like um, uh, it is Halloween and we're talking about black cowboys. What was that movie? The Aliens movie? Nope. Oh, yeah, oh, the yeah. new Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. It's like my favorite movie of all time. The movie's, yeah. It was good. Ooh. I just rewatched Get Out and Us as like preparation for Nope, so no spoilers. Oh, Nope is, yeah, I, I love that movie so much. It's great, but Black Cowboys, Halloween spooky, probably the perfect film for tonight. Gotcha. <laughs> Noted. I do, I mean, Jordan Peele knows how to 
make a freaking movie. No doubt. Uh, my next event that is coming up, I'm kind of going to feature a place, which is Chaos Bloom Theater on South Broadway. This is Denver's newest improv and sketch comedy theater. They do shows Thursday through Sunday every week. They also have a full schedule of classes for both adults and children. Pretty robust um, group of instructors they've got over there. And they have a lot of events that are super affordable. I was getting excited looking at it. Um, a few examples from this week. Every first Saturday, they have female identifying improv jam. So if you're female identifying and you like improv, go jam. There's literally a picture of a jar of jam. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> then every Thursday, they have $5 drop-in improv class. So if you're somebody like me who's always wondered if you could do sketch comedy and improv or not, go find out for $5. Um, which I think is super cool. That seems really cheap to me, right? Yeah. It seems really scary as well. Yeah. 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 The, the, I think I'd freeze. I think I'm going to go by myself and none of you are allowed to ever go there because <laughs> I want to make sure you don't see me there. Well, be supportive it's, and heckle at the same time. It's scary at first, but after you do like <laughs> one or after you watch a couple people go, it's easy. Have you done improv before? Oh, yeah. You're looking at first place in the state of New Jersey improv comedy. Whoa. Oh, dang. Really? What? Also disqualified. For what? <laughs> so, I'm not disqualified from first place. So we actually got fifth place. But no. Why'd you open? Um, we actually went seven seconds over the time limit uh, for our scene. So. Oh, come on. But all the scores had us first. So I still claim first, just disqualified. Um, but yeah, no, I ended up uh, just not with an elective my junior year and and thrown into drama class. And then, uh, you know, every Thursdays or Fridays we would do improv in that class. And then the teacher was just like, so when are you going to man up and like try up for, <laughs> try out for the play or like join nice. the, join the improv team. Cause in New Jersey, there's this like group. So it's like a, it's like a sport you can compete against the other schools and stuff. And she's like, when are you going to try out? And then by the end of that year, got third place in the state. And then the next year we got first but disqualified to fifth. So that's awesome. Only in so, Jersey do you have like a macho drama teacher. It's like, what's up, chump? You gonna compete I was or what? Say, you she got was. nagged by your drama teacher, Miss Taylor. <laughs> yeah, she made up? me do it. She made, yeah. I ended up like leaving varsity soccer because it was gonna be like my varsity year, senior year at school. So I was just like, all right, Miss Taylor, I guess I'm gonna do the spring musical instead. <laughs> the fall. No, I left that for Hamlet. I did Hamlet instead of soccer. So I made a big change that year. Sorry, Coach Pohl, but um, drama was fun. And I was never going to make it in soccer. I mean, I wasn't even that good to begin with. So I would think I was way better at drama. Tom, seven seconds too long improv Donahue. Yeah. Was it's that joke worth yeah. it? Was I've, it worth it? I've had nightmares. No, it wasn't. It wasn't worth you it. You didn't hit the punchline right but, in those seven seconds and the crowd fell over. But it wasn't like it just it wasn't really our fault. Like you have the judges and they do hand signals like this. Hold on. Let me change the uh, camera so the, the people can see. They do hand signals. So you have seven minutes and like you get a little sheet of paper. And um, on that sheet of paper, it will say your prompt. And it could be super random things. I think this specific prompt, the state finals prompt that we got was like, you're stuck in a hole with the most annoying person on earth. Like that, that's what it was. And uh, they're supposed to give you hand signals. So like they hold this up when you have one minute left. And then uh, when you have 30 seconds left, it's like a half finger like this. And then you get a five, four, three, two, one. And if you're not done by the time you see the five, four, three, two, one, you're usually just like, okay, thank you. And, and then, that's the end. And that's the end. <laughs> yeah. but, Are you, sorry, go ahead. And then, and then this is like, you're done. Like time's up. Like you're out basically. And he basically went from, he went from one minute to 30 seconds to out. You didn't we, get the count. We didn't get the five, four, three, two, one. Oh. So, so then we didn't know that it was actually over because we were watching for it. Cause like we were trying to wrap up the scene, but we were, we were pretty good at using like all of our time. So we would like, sometimes we'd be like, all right, we're going to get right to the five, four, three, two, one. But then he just went from like 30 seconds to like done. Need an appeal and some uh, instant replay. We did need an appeal. The, well, the reason that I ended it was because my friend was sitting behind the judge and she saw his timer and, and she was like going like, stop. Because <laughs> he wasn't giving us the five, four, three, two, one. But we ended up seven seconds too late. So 
me and Lily. So we, we were a rock star team. Man, I'm surprised this didn't come out in nightmares last week. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I did have the uh, nightmare about that, uh, the ending, though, for a while, because I would just always be thinking about it, going to bed, just like, damn, could have had that yeah. first place trophy. That dub. Instead, we got fifth place. I just realized from you were talking about the counting down that you're talking about, like, the improv section of traditional debate, right? Because debate competitions have an improv section. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about improv comedy. Like, okay, it's like improv comedy competitions. I used to, my dad was a forensics teacher, so I used to have to go to debate competitions with him. And they use that exact same, like, hand system to count down the, like, the sections of that. And there's an improv section mm -hmm. of that. So I was like... Like a universal system. Yeah. It's like drama league was actually called like New Jersey drama State league. forensics. Yeah, because it would it wouldn't just be improv. Like you would, they would have all different types of things you could do. You could do like dramatic scenes, like readings from shows, or like comedic scenes, or you could do like, um, oh, I forget what it was called, but it would be like you would do like readings, like straight from a book. You'd get like five people and sit at a table, and like you would read like a section of a book like as animated and as like interestingly as you could they had like poetry stuff that you could do um in the dramatic improv we just did i just did improv comedy um and then yeah there was a bunch of stuff you could do and it would just be like once a month you go down and uh whatever school's hosting it that week you just go all the different classrooms or the different like stages and then you get put into rooms and you get matched up against other people and then there's judges and stuff. It was, it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out to the arts in New Jersey public schools. That's what's up. Yeah, how much did we just learn about the existence of Drama League in high school? I know. We went, we just went off for a second on that, but... Now you know. Olivia, I would quit back. soccer too. That sounds like a blast. I know. It was, it was really fun. It was, it was definitely worth it. Word. All right. Now you know, Denver. Uh, so $5 improv classes at Chaos Bloom Theater. Check it out. Be as cool as Tom Donahue. Um, they also have something called After School Power Hour that's happening every Saturday. Um, and that's going to be just like a community showcase, which I think sounds super exciting. There are no holds barred. It's like stand-up, improv, characters, music, sketch, whatever, one hour every weekend. So check them out. The last thing I'm going to talk about is absolutely freaking ridiculous Colorado Sea Boulder shenanigans. So divining, defining beer in the ancient world, and this is put on by, you guessed it, CU Boulder Center for Academic Success and Engagement. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's put on at <coughs> 1 p.m. this Friday. So on brand. Yeah. So if you want to, it's a free lecture put on by CU Boulder at 1 p.m. on a Friday. So if you want to go justify your day drinking, um, a professor is going to talk about how old is beer? How do we know the peoples of the ancient Near East, Egypt, the Aegean, and Roman worlds consumed it? And a whole bunch of other academic stuff that you can later use to justify drinking. So 1 p.m. free lecture. See you, Boulder. And that wraps it up for me. This virtual week. available. You can register for virtual. Virtual available. You don't even have to leave your living room. I want I just, to see that. Do they serve beer at the event? I don't think they do, but it gets over at 2.30 p.m. So if you just want to walk right from campus to the hill and get yourself a little beer, you do it. They're cracking a Roman keg that they <laughs> dug up. I was hoping there was going to be alcohol because nothing says to you, Boulder, like we are academically <laughs> drinking at 1 p.m. This is all just an elaborate ploy for this professor to make you sample his, his homebrew. Right? Mm. <laughs> He's like, you feel that mouthfeel? Yeah. I cultivated that. Uh, it's been aging for 3,000 years. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Nice. Tom, you want to go? For sure. Let me see what I got here. Ooh, I just switched to Olivia on accident. Um, I got, so number one coming up this Friday is the biggest first Friday of the year because it kicks off Denver Arts Week. So that's going from November 3rd to November 11th. November 3rd is the first Friday for November. And if you don't know, that's basically art day in Denver. But um, this Denver Arts Week, there is literally hundreds of events. I mean, you got to go check out the link. But any if you like art, there is an event for you. I mean, there's hundreds of events between the 3rd and the 11th of November this year. I think they're doing it really big this year for Denver Arts Week. 
Um, so yeah, I'm not, I can't even really go into like, I can't go into the events because there's too many, there's too many. but, um, just know that Denver arts week, check it out. There's so many different things. They even included uh, day of the dead mouse, which is a red rocks show. Nice. <laughs> so that's part of the arts week. I get, I mean, dead mouse always has some insane visuals, so you can absolutely consider dead mouse art, not even in the music sense. Um, and then, so my next one, I just had to bring this up because it's so good. Um, Dubwub November happening on Saturday. <laughs> and this is, I, I didn't even know about this. And it's actually right across the street from our office. Um, but this is going to be a performance by 26 of the best local dubstep and rhythm DJs. If you guys don't know what rhythm is, it's basically just bass. I don't even know. It's like just, a reggae it's feel, just, kind of. Just <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But um, it's all back-to-back -back sets. So there's going to be what twenty-six divided by two, thirteen sets all back-to-back. -back. Um, it's going from like seven p.m. I think. Let's see. It starts. Why can't I find this? Oh my god. Yeah, seven p.m. on November fourth. It's going to two thirty a.m. It's just going to be wubs uh all night on saturday night so definitely check that out if you like bass um and then you know of course i always got the red rock schedule for you guys uh tonight is the suicide boys we talked about that last week tomorrow night zoo and claptone it's it's dance music season these are all going to be dance music shows uh from here on out basically because nobody else wants to be out there in the super cold except people who are getting oh, after it yeah yeah uh, Friday and Saturday. Saturday is the day of the Dead Mouse, um, so that's a two-day show. And then Sunday and Juna Deep Open Air. I have a bunch of friends going to this. The lineup's super cool. It's it's like your more chill house, like uh, minimal house, melodic stuff, um, the kind of stuff that you listen to for like twelve hours, and that's what this is. Um, so that's starting at three p.m. That's going to go all day and into the night. And then uh, yeah, we're almost done with red rocks for the year um not this week but next week is the last week of red rocks for the season so we'll uh we'll have one more red rock schedule next week and then we'll be done with that for a minute maybe we'll move to mission ballroom schedule <laughs> totally they always got the one sneaky show in, in january too oh yeah some they usually do the uh the, it actually hasn't been announced yet but they do do the winter on the rocks which is usually like dip low yeah um and that'll be when there's literally snow on the ground yeah but uh, they usually announce that a little later on nice i saw uh j5 and there was like six inches of snow it was so fun yeah like the drummer had just like massive steam coming off him you know it was it was really cool the thing that kills me about red rocks in winter is like the dress code doesn't really change much it's like i'm still wearing a reflective dolls kill mini skirt with a parka it's like <laughs> girl you are so cold like, yeah yeah people are still so cold like with snow boots <laughs> and yeah. these girls really get out there and they're wearing their like rave gear like fishnet outfits or whatever and it's still like 15 degrees I've been I can't those girls. do it. Yeah. yeah. Vacation right there. Yeah, and then all the all the guys just get to wear like their jackets and jeans and puffy stuff. Classic. Yeah, I mean the girls you got to look cute. I get it. You got to look cute. Social requirement. Some girls still get bundled up though. I'm not going to lie. McKenna okay. where McKenna we went like a week or two ago she was wearing layers of sweatpants and sweatshirts <laughs> growing up is wearing pants to red rocks but yeah, yeah. Well, sorry we, to break it to you we'll Denver. look at like the young girls who are wearing their rave gear and we're like how are you doing this right now it's freezing drugs, <laughs> drugs, um, drugs. it's drugs p.s uh cool Balls kill reflective miniskirt nothing paints a picture in my head of a rave more than that term you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah Carefully placed hand warmers. You just tape those on the in inside of the outfit. You know what I'm saying? You actually yeah, just exactly. make a mini skirt out of hand warmers. <laughs> that would be winter Red Rocks hack. Be a little scary. <laughs> People to be too grabby. That's true. Oh, no. <laughs> Safety hazard. 
Nice. Okay, I got a couple of events. I'm giving a shout out to some old homies. Uh, Big Wheel Electro Soul is playing at Appaloosa on Friday at 9 p.m. Uh, DJ Check One. This is this is kind of live boom bap style improvisational jazz. They're awesome. They've been at Appaloosa for 15 some odd years. Love those guys. Uh, Tania Nelson is playing at El Chapultepec Piano Lounge at Dazzle with her jazz trio. She's absolutely wonderful. Tania, I love you. I hope you're hearing this. That's also Friday at 10 p.m. So you could really just walk from Appaloosa after that set and go check out Tania. Um, want to give a shout out to Air Force versus Army football. They moved that game to Empower Field at Mile High. Air Force is having an absolute world beater season. I think they're like ranked 18th or something, 17th or 18th. They're having a heck of a year, you know, so I want to see them dismantle Army at Mile High Stadium. Why not? Especially after those rude CSU Rams were throwing snowballs at them last week. I was la- I was dying at that. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, CSU's had a tough year. You know what I mean? That that loss to CU, I think, really soured them on the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. What do they call it again? I forgot from when I went there, but that the big game every year where like CSU and CU play each other. What's the name for the it? The showdown. Okay. My freshman year of college, the day of the showdown, Cam the Ram died. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, no. Before the game. And do you guys remember Yik Yak? Oh. No. The, the co- yeah, I was on the. I, I was in school during when this happened too. Okay. Well, I just remember Yik Yak. The app was really popular that year, and the stuff that was being said on the CU Boulder Yik Yak that day about that poor Ram was absolutely tragic. How dare they? Yeah, but then we got a cute ass, cute ass baby Ram coming through. <laughs> it's the circle of CU, CSU life. Well, what's up, Troy? Oh, I just said I totally forgot Yik Yak was even a thing. That that lasted what like a semester. Yeah, yeah. They just tried to make a comeback recently. I looked on it; it was nothing like the golden age of Yik Yak. But then, you know, it, I remember Yik Yak was really big, and then it turned out like bad things were being said on it, racist things, and all this stuff, and people were getting. Like Yik Yak was like, we're telling oh. the cops who you are. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're anonymous to the viewers on here, but like we're gonna tell the cops. Yeah, you're not like was, it, you weren't completely private on Yik Yak. It was instantly abused. Like the second it was, yeah, it, it was. was abused. Sorry, Troy. Uh, it was kind of awesome for ca- like college campuses though, because like living on campus, people would just say hilarious things about what was going on, like in your dorm or like in the dining hall or at CSU. It was what? Anonymous Twitter It's or like anonymous local Twitter. So it was in real time. It was, yeah, real like time anonymous based. local Twitter. So it would be only in your area. Um, so on a college campus, it's like everyone's posts and stuff. And you could have like upvotes and downvotes like Reddit basically. And you could see like the most upvoted things and the most downvoted things. Mm-hmm. One day I had the most upvoted. I don't remember what it was, but I, I might have to go look and relive those glorious couple hours where I was the top yak. <laughs> to Troy's point, it was immediately misused. I remember people were using it as like classifieds for stuff. So they'd be like posting like looking for dates they would be posting looking for drugs it was just it was lawless yeah yeah and then i know that the downfall was like the amount of hate speech because like i I remember there were specific like yaks that got people arrested like things that they said because it was like yo this isn't that and that's when yik yak sent out the message where they were like, yeah, we're telling the cops who you are. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to not tell them if you put out this insanely hateful, uh, yik yak out here saying that you're going to do bad things. Like, Hey, cheers to you. Yik yak fighting hate speech. Good job. Yeah. They, they did try to make a comeback, but I don't, I don't know how that went for them. Sorry. This, I just hijacked you, Ryan. No, that's good. This is why we can't have nice things like yik yak people. Why do you ruin it? Okay. How dare you? But yeah, shout out to Air Force playing at Mile High. Tickets are forty five bucks, which sounds like a, a blast this weekend. Um, speaking of football, I gotta tip my hat to the, the Denver Broncos. I, I didn't think I'd be saying it this this season, particularly in the the attitude that I've had all season. But boy, did they just beat the crap out of the Chiefs! It felt so good. I, I really told my son, I was like, you know what? I'm not a Broncos fan until they beat the Chiefs. It's been since two thousand and fifteen. Since they beat the Chiefs, but boy, did they put it on them. And I, I can't, couldn't help but notice, like, Travis Kelsey looked a little dejected. Maybe there's a little 
little problem on the home front. I don't know. But, boy, he wasn't on his game at all. I don't know what's going on there. But um, Chiefs tears uh, bring me joy. Uh, so sorry, Nathan. I, I know you'll go on to have a fine season, but this was this was our Super Bowl. This was the a highlight of our season by far. I, I'm very happy to be back on the 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 bandwagon of the Denver Broncos now that they defeated the Kansas City Chiefs and Mr. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes for the first time, and he just had stink face all night. It was great. I mean, Troy, I'm really sorry about what happened to your, your your beautiful Las Vegas Raiders this week. But, I mean, Detroit's just having a year, you know. You can't get mad at yeah, Detroit. I, I expected nothing less. That was not shocking to me at all. However, the Broncos-Chiefs game was shocking. I think that was Mahomes' first time ever losing to the Broncos in his career. I'm pretty sure. I know it's been 16 times in a row. Yeah, it was his he's, first he's, L ever. Yeah, which is crazy. I also thought it was interesting that... Um, 86% of wagers in Vegas were placed on the Chiefs, or 86% of the public had their money on the Chiefs. So that was very interesting as well. Nice. Ah, it brings me so much happiness. And like I said last week, you know, I used to really admire the Chiefs, but it, it, it went too far. And I'm glad my little rampage and rant and shout out to a couple of people that texted me, like big hearts. For that rant, I was voicing the sentiment of the city. So we can all have a week to like bask in our, our, our win. It's wonderful. Um, also this week, I'm uh, featuring Open Chess Night at the Longmont Public Library, which happens every Tuesday. So it's Tuesday right now. You can go down there and get a game. I played a little chess this weekend and it was a blast. So if, if that's something you're looking for, again, it seems like something once the temperature drops a little bit, go play a little chess. It's a good, good quiet sport. I love it. Um, last for me is something that I pulled up when, when Tom was talking about um, the Arts Walk, which is the 10% Happier Mindfulness and Meditation with Dan Harris. I don't know if you guys have ever heard Dan Harris's podcast called 10% Happier, but it's a great show. Um, it's He interviews kind of like all of the preeminent Buddhists in the world um, and talks to them about their practice and talks to them about Buddhism. Um, he's been doing this for 10 or 15 years. Uh, he was Dan Harris, is, you'd recognize him from like ABC News or something like that, but he had like a, a total panic, panic attack and meltdown live on national news. And then after that, started, you know, studying the mindfulness arts. Um, and so he's going to be doing kind of like a presentation and a book signing. Great guy. Great introduction to Buddhism for people that are curious about it, particularly people that come in a little bit skeptical. From my perspective, his skepticism gets a little bit irritating. It's like <laughs> it's like if you're if you're probably like me as a as a Broncos fan, I'm dipped and dripped in Broncos gear head to toe and that I only say negative things about the Broncos. <laughs> so that's kind of Dan Harris's kind of perspective. He, he's always playing kind of the, the critic and the spoiler. Um, but for people that are, are probably skeptical about some of this stuff, it's a good introduction to um, the, 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 the systems, particularly from a secular perspective. Um, so he's playing at November 3rd, and that's at Mile High Church. I think they're calling it something else. Uh, I don't see where it is. But if you if you Google 10% Happier in Denver, you'll find his little event. It should be pretty cool. Um, that's it for uh, events this week. Let's move on to our feature. And I'm going to pass this over to Olivia to talk about kind of this uh, What Gives Denver program that we're working on and be working on for a couple of weeks. Sweet. Thanks, Ryan. So we always volunteer with our friends at Kitcaster. It's a major value of ours and theirs. And when we were mapping out the features that we wanted to do for the rest of the year, Ryan had a really great idea, which is why don't we, for the last quarter, kind of craft an overarching give back? And I thought it was a really great idea, kind of went to the drawing board and thought about what we wanted to do. And what we decided to do was work this entire quarter to address food insecurity in Denver. So my thought there is we were planning these holiday specials and we kept talking about food. Like we associate the holidays with all of these special ceremonies surrounding food, whether it's like a turkey or cranberries, you know what I mean? And so we decided that as a team with our friends at KitCaster through uh, quarter four, we're going to donate 100 hours to addressing food insecurity in Denver. 
And we're going to seek to understand food insecurity dynamically by working uh, with different organizations to kind of meet different parts of the challenge and really come to understand what it looks like in our community. So I'm going to run through three different organizations that we are going to work, um, we're going to volunteer with. And then some other folks are going to talk about some other organizations that you can volunteer with. This Friday, we're volunteering at Food for Thought which works to eliminate hunger in Denver by providing what they call power sacks. So this is enough food to feed a family of four two meals. So that works to bridge the gap for kids who are able to get free lunches at school, but not might, might not have access to food on the weekends. And they have two different food packing locations. They have shifts available every Friday. They are completely volunteer run. So for two hours in your week, you can help pack lunches for kids who might not have access to food on the weekends. Project Angel Heart, we're going to be decorating bags for them this Friday afternoon. What they do is they offer medically tailored meals for folks with severe illness. So folks who are living with cancer, HIV, AIDS, kidney, heart, and lung disease, and other illnesses. The unfortunate thing about that is that folks in that situation who need specialized diets the most have the hardest time accessing those things. So Project Angel Heart prepares and delivers that. They have shifts open every day of the week in kitchens, packing, delivering meals, and decorating bags. So they're really easy to work into your schedule. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is Denver Rescue Mission. It is no secret that Denver and a lot of other major cities are really struggling with homelessness right now. Uh, more than ever. And so Denver Rescue Mission works to help provide resources to the community experiencing homelessness. And they do that through a lot of different ways, but focusing on food, they have three different kitchens and they have shifts available every single day, morning, noon, and night. Um, they need a lot of volunteers to serve food, prepare food, wash dishes kind of thing. Um, we're going to do some weekend shifts with them, both Fort Collins and Denver. Um, super easy to work into your schedule because they need lots and lots of folks. So like Ryan said, I'm going to leave these links in the show notes and check them out. Go volunteer. That's all for me. Nice. And Olivia, I want to thank you for putting this whole program together. It's awesome. We've gotten at least probably, I don't know, half dozen folks or more that are going to be going out beginning on Friday, which is so cool. You know, it feels so good to give back. And particularly now, you know, where we have everyone's got an opinion about homelessness. Everyone has opinion about all these folks we see driving to work every day. And, and you, you know, for me personally, I realize that all of that is just some story in my head. None of that is real. You know, it becomes really real when you're you're uh, rubbing elbows and you're pitching in to help out people that, you know, are just looking for a bite to eat, you know, and, and we're all in such a, a, a wonderful, opulent place that we, we can provide that for them, you know, and the appreciation and um, it just feels great, particularly around the holidays. So thanks so much for running with that, Olivia. It's awesome. Thanks. Nice. I'll, I'll go over mine real quick, which is Same Cafe, which we've also volunteered there several times, which is an awesome spot on Colfax. It's about a mile I don't know, east on Colfax. I know you've probably drove past it a million times, um, but they're a really cool place, basically where anyone can go by, drop in, work for half an hour and get a delicious meal. Um, they're very considerate to have gluten-free options, to have vegan options. There's always like a soup, there's always a salad, and there's always a different pizza. So you can, you're always like able to, to have kind of a rotating um, menu, depending on what's uh, kind of what ingredients they have for the day. It's a beautiful place so you, and you see people helping out. You can, you can pre-register to volunteer. You can volunteer as a group, which is how we've done it before in the past. And, you know, it's, it's like food prep. You know, I, I remember last time we were there, I think I, I cut like a thousand onions or something. You know, which is is therapeutic and, and purifying to me because to, to get the properly diced onion is a very satisfactory feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, tangentially also, I developed a uh, a taste for John Mayer's music while I was there. Oh they were just playing it on repeat. And I've always kind of just been like, eh, you know, they're not really into that guy. But after you hear his mm. music in repeat, he puts all these little hooks and signatures that only he does in his songwriting. I'm like, this dude is a freaking genius. John Mayer, I guess everybody already knew that, but it, I was late good. to the game. Yeah, he was great. So shout out to Same Cafe. Um, Troy, what about you? What do you got, buddy? Over there in San Diego. Yeah, so um, my choice or an organization I wanted to highlight for the What Gives 
Denver future is an organization called Path. I believe they're based out of California. They have, um, they operate in greater Los Angeles area, Santa Barbara, Central Coast, San Diego, Santa Clara, and Orange County. And essentially what they are is they're a group that um, started by just distributing food and, clo- food and clothing to people um, that live on the streets. And as homeless, homelessness continued to grow nationwide, um, research revealed that housing first, uh, basically a best practice model that first connects people to permanent housing and then focuses on stabilization through voluntary supportive services proved more effective. And now 30 years later, they provide services to uh, more than actually 150 cities and five regions and have uh, over 1,500 units of permanent permanent supportive housing um, completed in the pipeline. And I will be volunteering on Friday at a food service in downtown San Diego, uh, which essentially we're going to provide meals to 134 residents that are in need and make a difference. And I'm super excited. It's going to be cool. It's my first time volunteering with them. One of my friends, her uncle um, works for them. And so I might be meeting up with him there. So that will be cool. And you can head to their website at epath.org to see um, how you can make a difference or if you might be a person that's in need of their services or if someone you know could benefit from these services. Um, But yeah, super cool, super excited. I'll be there Friday evening. Nice. Cheers to you, Troy. Um, Nice. I feel like I really appreciate it because you're not geographically located with us. You had to have a lot more volition than some other folks to go find (laughs) your organization. Um, And it's super cool that you found something that you sound passionate about and you're going to be volunteering with us in spirit from San Diego. Oh, yes, absolutely. One of my good friends, she's very into volunteer work and works with several different organizations. So Anytime I am in need for a place that I know is reliable and is, you know, working towards a good cause, I can always ask her and she has great recommendations. So uh, shout out to Hannah if she's listening. What about you, Tom? I will talk about um, We Don't Waste, which is one that we've worked with at Kickcaster before. And I always kind of resonated with this one because even when I was a little kid, I was like, how come all of this food, like just going out to a restaurant, it's like, why do they throw all this stuff out? Like there's, there's so many people who would probably eat this still. And it's not even like they're just throwing out leftovers. They're throwing out good food. And that is what we don't waste focuses specifically on. Um, they are talking about getting good nutritious food out to people, not leftovers, not anything bad. Um, good food that actually ends up getting thrown out and, um, the numbers are telling us that 40% of all food goes unsold and uneaten, um, which is terrible. And all of that food could be repurposed uh, into people who are in um, into people's hands who are in need. Um, also, something to think about is that um, uh, that food that ends up in a landfill decomposes and releases methane, which um, is actually contributing to making reducing food waste, one of the top three ways to reverse climate change right now. So um, that is also an issue that you can help by not wasting food. Uh, We Don't Waste is really cool. They're local in Denver, and they also just started out as um, one person going around to places, uh, rescuing food from that uh, death row of ending up in the landfill and delivering it to people who need it. Um, so there are a million different ways that you can work with them. Really, you just got to go to their website because they have all different types of volunteer opportunities. They have a calendar, um, for volunteer shifts. They have uh, special events. Um, also if you are a person who ends up having a lot of good food that you need to throw out, um, there's an app that they're partnering with now called Carrot. That's just C-A-R-E-I-T. Um, And you can download that and they work directly with We Don't Waste in Denver, where if you are a restaurant owner or somebody who ends up getting rid of food, maybe you work at a grocery store or something, um, you can just, you know, go on that app and somebody will come and pick up the food from you, bring it to the distribution center for We Don't Waste or or to wherever um, they need to get it to, to make sure that it gets used. So that is also a good way to uh, participate, even if you don't have time to volunteer. 
Um, but yeah, definitely check out their website if you're interested in helping that cause because there's so many different options uh, for what you can do. Events, you know, corporate sponsorships or corporate, corporate, I can't even speak right now, corporate partnerships. Seven um, seconds, Tom. The, the food recovery app. Yeah, I got to give it seven seconds. <laughs> I'm going to uh, give him the... <laughs> yeah, give him the countdown. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. They're going to give me the... They're going to give me the thing. Um, but yeah, so check that out. There's a lot of different ways. It's just we don't waste.org. Love that. And love that spot. Um, if you, kind Denver listener, are looking at ways to get involved, reach out to us, kitcaster.com forward slash Denver. There's a little like message thing to say like, hey, I want to help out, help contribute to 100 hours. You can do it. I mean, to, to Olivia's point, you know, Troy's out there taking the initiative on his own in California, which is unbelievably awesome. Here in Denver, we got a team working on this. Olivia, Savannah, Kate, Riley, uh, Tom and I are working on this. And we're, we want to create opportunities for people to contribute. So, you know, if, if, if this is something that is in your wheelhouse and you have the availability, just jump on our train. We're happy to have you and we're happy to, to help out. So, again, thanks so much for putting this together, Olivia. This is really cool. All right. Should we go mm -hmm. into highlights from last week? Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. My highlight from last week was elk hunting with my beautiful daughter in the, the gorgeous Rocky Mountains. We were in the flat top wilderness. And right now it is just the tag end of season two rifle. And it was very cold and snowy. We did not see, well, we saw some, we saw some elk when we were glassing their own uh, private property. We saw a moose. We saw uh, a puma print that was very fresh and turns out it was stalking us a little bit. It was an awesome trip. And I, I really love the time spending with my daughter. It's, it's kind of extraordinary when you have a 16 year old daughter who's like, yeah, dad, let's, let's go hunting you and me. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And she was super game. So even in the, the instances like years like this, you know, um, where you come up empty handed, you know, which some will say that, that, that elk hunting on uh, state land is probably the hardest hunt you can possibly have in the country. It's not easy. Um, it's very, very challenging. Um, but you can feel good, largely because uh, the, the American hunting program is the most successful environmental program the world has ever seen. Um, in, in terms of like hunting, environmentalism is called conservationalism, which are environmentalists with a gun. And what's so cool about our program is, is we've, uh, over the last hundred years, rehabilitated all these species and we're able to manage the forest and without a tax burden on the, the, the American people at all. It's completely self-sufficient. All of the scientists that go into to regulating the tags, um, they're all uh, paid for by hunters and fishermen that, that contribute to those funds with their, with their tags. So as you come up empty handed, but you can like kind of breathe a, a, a satisfying breath, knowing that you're contributing to, again, the most successful environmental program the world has ever known. This one hits me a little bit close to home because I went and did 23andMe and it turns out I'm 99% English, which was a little bit surprising, you know, <laughs> considering my apathy towards English. the crown. But I think it's actually because <laughs> of that. You know what I mean? If you, if anybody has ever uh, uh, heard the story of uh, Robin Hood, you know, Robin Hood lives in Shire Forest and they rob from the rich and give to the poor. So you always see them like robbing stagecoaches and stuff. But that's not the real story. The real story is that Robin Hood, all they were doing was sustenance hunting in the woods. And they were persecuted because in England, and it's still this way, all the deer are the king's deer. All the deer or the queen's deer, all the, everything you can pull out of that forest. There is no uh, public uh, state program in, in many European countries, but we have that in America. You know, we have that and that, that makes um, us exceptional and extraordinary, especially with the success that we've seen. Now this year is, is no, um, it, it, it's not dissimilar to that because last winter there was two or three gigantic snowstorms that really hit the, the elk herd hard. I mean, we're talking about maybe 10,000 plus animals just like froze to death out there. So as a result, you know, the Division of Wildlife keeps a tight tabs on um, 
on these areas. And so there was a, a great reduction in tags issued. And there was like no hunters out there, you know, because there just weren't that many tags available. And so, you know, um, it's good to see that like we're able to like responsibly manage these herds. And I really hope that these herds bounce back. If it's any indication what we saw, boy, they really did get hammered last year, you know, because there's just not a lot of animals out there. Um, so shout out to the elk. I hope they have a prosperous spring this year and, and maybe a mother nature shines on them a little bit and gives them a little extra sprouts without that late snow. Um, but that was my week. It was absolutely extraordinary. Four days, uh, four nights in the woods hunting with my daughter. Olivia, how about you? Nice. First, I want to say shout out to King Charles. You have too many deer. Let it go. Yeah, let it go, man. Give Robin um, Hood some meat. What's that's up with that? gross. You don't need that many deer. Uh, <laughs> My highlight from the week was the party of the year, the pumpkin party. Um, some friends of my friends who I recently started hanging out with, I heard a couple months ago, they had this party every year and everybody was, everybody who goes to this party every year was losing it about how good the food was. And so in my head, like four months ago, I was like, I got to get invited to that party. And I did. And it was exactly as good as I wanted it to be. It's one of those things where like everybody has mutually agreed it's been happening for a few years. Everybody's going to go hard. Yeah. And everybody spent that week preparing. Like my roommate rocked up with a mini creme brulee and torch for every person. Oh, like pumpkin, pumpkin creme, fresh pumpkin pr Ooh. creme brulee, pumpkin chili, uh, like pumpkin feta spread. I made like uh, handmade twice risen seeded pumpkin rolls. And uh, the highlight was definitely the pumpkin old fashioned, which I had several of. It was awesome. And I loved that it was just, you know, like 10 people going hard in the kitchen and then sharing it with each other. It was really good. That sounds so fun. It was awesome. Yeah. What about you, Troy? Oh, we can't hear you. You muted, buddy. Oh, sorry about that. I'm, I was just saying I'm hungry now after that party. This sounds fantastic. Um, I, I guess my highlight from last week was probably the costume contest I entered this weekend. I uh, spent a solid amount of time this weekend putting together a nice uh, Pinocchio costume that I felt very confident in. Entering the contest um, fish, officially did not win, fell a little short. Um, I felt that I was slightly robbed. Um, and someone else in my group was was Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. And she did a wonderful job with her cost. Yeah, she did a wonderful cost costume with her job as well. And yeah, we fell a little short. The The um, contestant who won was Cruella DeVille. And her, f so she was in the Cruella DeVille costume, which wasn't very impressive. And then her friend was dressed up as a skinned dog which I just didn't, it was not tasteful. Uh, and I don't know if the point of it was to, I don't know, raise awareness or bring attention to that, but it didn't feel that way. It just felt not good. And they won and I was very sour about it. And uh, yeah, my Pinocchio costume got robbed for sure. Dang. I don't think Cruella yeah. ever actually was able to skin the dogs. I think that's the like ending in the movie, right? No spoilers, but those dogs yeah. made it. The, yeah. She's all right. The dogs. The it dogs was just, lived. It was a bad costume. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not to hate, but come on. Come on, really? man. I feel like we, I mean, we all saw a picture of your Pinocchio and it's really good. It's so really good. Yeah. We don't even need to see Cruella. You yeah. won. Just like Tom won yeah. the Jersey Improv Contest for us. You won that costume contest. Yeah. Exactly. Here, Tom, I'll shoot you a little picture of it. You can share it on the screen. All right. Let's see it. Let me get it. Open. In the picture, you have like a Jiminy Cricket with, I think, Morty's face on it, photoshopped <laughs> into your hand. Who, who it was did that? The, it, it was just like the Instagram. I don't know. Like, you, are you familiar with Instagram stories? Like, there's like GIFs. Like random oh, gifts. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. I couldn't find like an official like Pinocchio Disney licensed cricket. Gotcha. That yeah. makes sense of the Morty face. I was like, there is a story here. <laughs> okay, here it is, everybody. Troy's Pinocchio costume. Let me let me zoom in a little on it. 
Oh, we can't oh, see what yeah. I know you guys can't see. Look but at that. Everyone yeah. can see. You guys saw it already, but yeah. it's the very rosy cheeks for me. They are definitely rosy. Where'd you find that vest at? Those clogs too. The yeah, at the thrift store. Nice. Like a while ago, I'd had it for a while, but yeah. So, anyways, oh, you guys. Okay. Can be... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm I'm believing you on this Cruella Deville, but without the prosthetic nose. You know, that might have been what tipped the scale for the judges in favor of the other costume. I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I know that was an honest Pinocchio. Honest Pinocchio. I was honest. Yeah, that was that was a major botch on my part. I uh, just (laughs) ran out of time, didn't have the resources for the nose. So, yeah, that was wood available for the downfall. Yeah, I didn't have access to my wood shop to go craft one. <laughs> you just couldn't tell why. I mean, that's that's just a testament to your character, Troy. Just be honest. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, nice, Tom. What, what, what's your highlight from last week, buddy? I'll wrap it up here with a little remote highlight. I was over in Nashville this weekend, and my favorite event um, over there was hitting a place called the the Listening Room, which is. I guess a pretty popular place uh, in Nashville and for good reason, because basically the whole deal is, I mean, the music scene in Nashville is huge, singers, songwriters, recording studios everywhere, but the listening room is for the songwriters. Um, You go there and you see these songwriters who write music for really big, typically country music acts. um, And they're they're debuting their new songs that they're currently writing. Uh, They're playing some, big songs that they've written for other people that are, you know, top hits in the country music scene. And you just get to go in there and it's, it's nice. I mean, these singer songwriters obviously are amazing performers themselves. And, um, you, you get to hear it from the person who actually wrote the song themselves. And, uh, they tell you the stories behind the songs and what inspired them and stuff. And, you know, you're, you're hearing this like top country charting song that you might've thought, uh, that performer wrote themselves, but actually it's this, uh, this dude, man or woman in the background who, uh, oftentimes get overlooked. So a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, some people that I know personally, my friends didn't know that like songwriting is actually a thing in the music (laughs) industry. It's like, yeah, not a lot of those big songs are actually written by the people who uh, perform them. Some of them are, don't get us wrong, but, um, no, definitely in the country music scene. A lot of songs are written by other people. So oh, yeah. that was cool. You, if, these performers were great. If you look at pretty much any top charting, top billboard song, and you just look up who the writers are and who each of the people are that worked on it, it'll these lists will be like 15 to 20 people long of all the people that, of just all the people that, I mean, there's so much that goes into it from the writing, the producing, the mastering engineer, the mixing engineer. It's just like, there's just these massive teams of people. You can, any song on Spotify, you can right click. There's like the, the little three dots, Whoa. the little three dots. And it, you can click show credits. And it'll show you like everyone that worked on the song. But yeah, that's, that's cool. Go ahead, Olivia. Sorry. Oh, I, w- I was just going to let you talk about it because you actually work in that industry. So I should just let you <laughs> yeah. talk about it. But I was going to ask when you said it, like, especially for a mega star, like, Beyonce don't come after me you know what I mean it's like how many people work on every single one of those songs like how many people went into making lemonade oh a lot I'm sure you could probably a lot you know and that's that's actually a creation because of the despicable music industry stealing from people for so long so that you have these teams now and they're not necessarily teams but they're people that are making contributions to the song so they can get paid on the publishing in the music industry, you have 200%, which is kind of confusing. So you have 100% goes to the publisher, 100% goes to the writer. And so you'll see the writer will have all these people because largely it's like the lyrics to a song are one thing. The melody to a song is one thing, but also there's all these little hooks, you know? So if you think about like Super Freak from Rick James, you know, I think Rick James played bass on that you know, which would make sense that he gets that credit. But that song also was a number one hit for MC Hammer back in the day. You can't touch this. And he didn't get a songwriting royalty to that. And like, what is that song except boom, 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 
I mean, that is the song. It just loops and loops and loops and loops. So now in the songwriting, you'll have the producer. But like if it's Timberland and he has like, he's in the background going like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's writing something, but it definitely contributes to the song so that all these different people, instrumentalists and stuff, have an opportunity to, to get paid in perpetuity from the publishing, which is kind of writing a traditional wrong that the music industry did to those people. Hmm. There are um, upwards of 75 credits on the Lemonade album. So got composers, featured artists, uh, producers, um, mastering engineers, everything. So we're, we're looking at upwards of 75 people helped to make and that doesn't Lemonade. That doesn't even include the marketing team, the artists who work on the album artwork, all the the media content that they you know put out in the marketing campaign to promote the album. It's just the network of people behind these, like that caliber of a project is just, it's like mind blowing. Just the amount of super extremely talented people they have working on these things is crazy. Yeah. Cause that had the whole like viewing movie. It had like too. a music video for every track, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all synced up and the ideas through each song translates to the movie. So that's, that's even bigger than a normal one, I would say. And just a yeah. testament to how cool Beyonce is. I mean, she's trying to make sure everyone can eat. You know, I love that. If you look at James Brown songs, you know who's this, the writer on that? James Brown, the end. <laughs> you know, you know the guitar <laughs> yeah. player was adding a little something here and there. And he's like, yeah, this is James Brown band. Get to the back of the line. You're not getting anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that I want to ask a question to everybody in summation, because I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Like, a lot of what we're saying is a product of the way that the music industry is, right? Like in an ideal world, like how do you feel about the fact that 75 people went into just the music of Lemonade? Like how do you feel about that? Would you prefer if there are five members of a band that those five people would do all of the pieces or is it just, is it correct for 75 people to work on something? I, I think it's awesome. I th I think at that caliber and that high level of a project to bring, because they're not just bringing in, you know, Joe Schmoes off the street. These are the best of the best of the best at what they do. And I think it's so cool to be able to bring together all these extremely talented people that are, you know, pretty much at the highest level ranking in the music industry possible and all put, you know, their brains behind one project. I think that's super cool. I, I do think that's a whole different type of artistry there's you know then let's say an underground artist who is working out of their bedroom there's something beautiful about that and there's also something i think beautiful about bringing together um just extremely talented people at the highest level of something you can do professionally that's my take on it yeah i agree it's not my kind of music i mean i'm not interested in that I, i'm more like who was that guy speaking of country western music um he just had a number one hit. He was like recorded himself in the woods with a guitar and he was just singing a song he, he wrote. I don't know if you guys saw that. I forget that guy's name, but he, it was a smash hit, you know, but I'm more into like, I want to, I would have killed to go with uh, Tom and go see these songwriters playing their songs just with an acoustic guitar. That's more my speed for sure. But mm -hmm. I still think it's dope. 75 people come together on a Beyonce album. I want to see this, the halftime Super Bowl special, but I'm not going to spend much time listening to that. I really appreciate that input. I think I can I can be really cynical. And so sometimes when I hear that, you know, how many people are behind one star, it just kind of exhausts me. And I'm like, come on, is that person even an artist? Like, what is this? So I, I think it's refreshing to hear that, like, it's just a different kind of artistry, like collaboration. That was uplifting. You're not going find to find me listening to it. It's like <laughs> Ryan said, it's not my, you know, cup of tea, mm -hmm. but I do appreciate it. And I wouldn't complain if I got invited up to work on a Beyonce album. I'd be like, oh, yep, sign me up. You're like, I'm going to buy a house. We'll take so. that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Raitt is really known for like putting yeah. songwriters on. Like she is such an exquisite guitar player and vocalist, but like she's always been like very forthcoming of trying to find, really weeding through like songs to find that undiscovered gem and then giving them spot on her album, like really intentionally, which I just think is so cool. I love Bonnie Raitt so much. 
She's the jam. All right. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we that's go, it. I do want to give a th uh, thank you and a shout out to the rest of my hunting party. Matt, Evan, Glenn, Odetta. You guys killed it. You go into the woods with rifles on your shoulder. You got to be really prepared to give what everything comes at you. And I was it was an honor to go out with you guys year after year. I just want to give you guys a shout out on this podcast. Um, everybody else, if, if you would like to subscribe to the show, kitcaster.com forward slash Denver, please join us on YouTube. We stream this thing on Tuesdays, um, and subscribe on Apple and or Spotify. And again, there's a little message there. If you want to help us out and volunteer this holiday season, there'll be multiple opportunities for you to do so. Or if you want to pass that invitation to somebody, you know, we're, we're happy to help facilitate for you guys. Um, shout out to our sponsor, samanafloat.com. If you're in Denver, you need a good place to just relax and unwind. There's no better place than samanafloat. So, samanafloat.com. That's it for me. You guys got anything else? Oh, okay. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. See ya.